On today's episode, we have a special guest. We do. Amy Stevens is a friend and a listener and a patron, and we have talked about her a little bit because we were also on her podcast. We're going to get into all of that when we get into the episode. Wait, there's also going to be a really, really, really good foam pod. I can't wait. Oh, great. Yeah, I'm excited about that. All right, we'll be right back. All righty. We are supported by new dating apps. Hey, listeners, raise your hand if you think dating after Mormonism is difficult. Probably 95% of our listeners are raising their hands right now. <laughs> you know, it's hard meeting someone and having to explain your whole wacky Mormon upbringing. Oh, we went through this. And since your faith transition, you've probably been kicked out of the singles ward. So now what? Oh, that is challenging. Mm -hmm. Check out New. It's an ex-Mormon dating app available for download on both Android and iPhone. Are you ready to find post-Mormon love with someone who understands your story? I know I am. (laughs) Oh, wait, wait, too late. (laughs) (laughs) Visit newdating.app and learn more. That's newdating.app. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Latter-day Lesbian, the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. I am Mary. I am Shelly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many different ways can we mix that shit up? It's like the same thing every— Did you want to change it up? No, just leave it. (laughs) Oh, you sound really (laughs) excited about it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it! (laughs) Are you sick of it? Do you want to be something other than an ex-Mormon gay girl trying to figure out her life? No. I think I will always be that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, if you come up with something that you want to audition, we can throw it out there and see what the listeners think. I think we're good. (laughs) Okay. Uh, What are we doing today? I know we've got a guest coming up in a little Mm -hmm. bit, but you, I know you want to do this Foom Pod. Are we jumping right into the Foom Pod? Let's do it because I want to get to our guest, Amy Stevens, as well. But I am so excited. Maybe I'm just trying to postpone the Foom Pod. You're never going to get it. And after I tell you what it is, I have like the written, like what it actually is. So we can be very specific and we are going to trigger. We're going to laugh. <laughs> we're going to swear. I don't know that I'll trigger. No, that's true. I was never Mormon. Fine then. I'll trigger. Okay. Well, why don't we get to the triggering? What is the foom pod, Shelly? Cue music. It's the Mary. Yes, Shelley. The fucked up Mormon phrase of the day today is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
ecclesiastical endorsement. Ecclesiastical endorsement. That yeah, is, break it down. Break it that down. That is quite a mouthful. Find like the Latin root. <laughs> For some reason, endorsement, I was thinking maybe you meant endowments because endowments are such a big deal in the Mormon faith. No. Taking out your endowments. This is We're doing some endorsing okay. today. Ecclesiastical Well, ecle- the book of Ecclesiastes is a book in the Old Testament. So is it related to that? To the Old Testament? Yes. I mean, not necessarily. So not related to the actual Bible. Right. Ecclesiastical. Sounds maybe angelic. Is Moroni involved in this? <laughs> um, like third person, maybe sixth, fifth. How in do the you world? have to give a guess? You can't I just do? be, I don't know. So you need to be endorsed by someone of an ecclesiastical nature, right? <laughs> Is this a thing that you get? It's like some sort, it's almost like a patriarchal blessing. It's a, an ecclesiastical You are so in the ballpark. You're, oh, really? You're like around third base. <laughs> So someone bestows this endorsement upon a worthy subject. And why? Uh, what is this for? What is this for? Yeah. Why would you need Because this? you're set apart. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about setting apart um, last discussion. She's like, what the fuck is that? You're set, set apart? Uh-huh. It is like a very Mormony thing to be set apart. I wish we would have saved that for a uh, phone pod, by the way. That set apart? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, the set apart episode was discussed in an upcoming podcast that has not aired yet. So because so, our timelines, you know. Yeah, you know how we do this um time jumping. Mm-hmm. Um I just why think, would you need why one? would you need an ecclesiastical endorsement? I'm asking you. To be able to go into the temple for the first time, maybe? Oh, that's a good guess. But buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> you ready? <clears throat> yes. Lay it on me. <laughs> You're gonna be like, what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> the board of trustees of BYU Brigham Young University, yes. requires every student attending the university to have an annual ecclesiastical endorsement. <laughs> this will be completed by the bishop of the ward in which the student and or membership record reside. The continuing endorsement must be completed prior to registering for classes. Is this the standard bishop inter- worthiness interview or is this something different? Yes. I mean, I'm about to read you what the bishop has to verify. So, but, but the worthiness interview is for you to get into the temple. This is for you to continue attending Brigham Young University. Yes. Worthiness okay. interview starts at age, what is it now, nine or 11 or something. That's the bullshitty one. But that's specifically to get into the temple. This is to remain... Enrolled at Brigham Young University. To get into Brigham Young University and to remain enrolled, you have to get one every year. But I thought there were some students who were not actually Mormon. There are, so let me keep reading. Okay. The bishop verifies the following. If LDS, Latter-day Saint, the student is in full fellowship in the church, meaning they can't be disfellowshipped, they can't be excommunicated, they can't be anything. Oh, so they can't get into any trouble at all. They have to remain. Well, they have to, on their record, say they are in full fellowship. You can get disfellowshipped. I got disfellowshipped in high school for having sex with a boyfriend. And how did they find out? I felt super guilty, I'm told. (laughs) Jelly. I know. This church is so big brother. They're always watching you. Uh Uh-huh. Always watching. Yep. God. Okay, ready? (laughs) Yes. Next. The student lives a chaste and virtuous life, including (laughs) avoidance of pornography, abstinence from sexual relations outside of marriage, and abstinence from homosexual conduct. Let's review this. (laughs) 
abstinence from sexual relations outside of marriage. So if you're straight, you just can't have sex with this person, sexual relations, but you can hold their hand, you can kiss, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if you're gay, is an abstinence from homosexual conduct. So you can't hold hands or anything. Yeah, that just leaves it up to the imagination of whoever wants to turn you in. Like, oh, those gay boys were holding hands in a movie theater. I'm going to turn them in and get Uh them kicked out of school. Yeah. And it's not just on campus. This is period. This is like— Right, because you still represent the church or whatever the fuck in your day-to-day life if you're not on campus. Mm -hmm. You still have to, like, not be (laughs) disfellowshipped. Correct. Next one. The student lives the word of wisdom by abstaining from alcoholic beverages, tobacco, coffee, tea, and other harmful substances. You know, harmful substances. All the chinos. <laughs> I the love that tea and coffee are considered yeah. harmful. I mean, it's going to kick you out of BYU, so it's, it's harming you. What about like herbal tea? Herbal tea, tea supposedly is okay. It just depends on your bishop. Like I've had oh, people say, you, you know, avoid, the, avoid all of it, even the appearance. And some are like, well, herbal tea. But then you're like, what about green tea? Green tea, I mean, it's all an herb. Shit. (laughs) Well, if we're going to get into herb discussions. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know. That's an herb as well. The next question, the student demonstrates appropriate and consistent church activity. Means they have to fucking go to church. Okay. That's probably the worst of all of it. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. I promise not to have sex as long as I don't have to go to church. (laughs) And last, the student is honest. Which is hilarious because the Mormon organization of the church is the most dishonest, not the most, but is extremely dishonest in their history, in their teachings. Well, that's true. You know, so. And how would you be 100% honest anyway with so many rules? How could you? You'd be kicked out. I'm sure a lot of people break them and lie. Mm -hmm. Of course they do. The student verifies they are striving to live the honor code. Students will renew their endorsement during the first semester annually, so every year. So when I was at BYU, of course, I lied to get in. Oh, so you didn't confess everything. What did you lie about? That you had sex? Yeah, I was at school in Arizona and had a boyfriend named Pete. Hi, Pete, if you listen. And the reason I went to BYU is because my dad was going to be uh, serving as a mission president. And so that would give me free school at BYU. I didn't have the grades to get in for sure because I was a slacker. But my dad pulled some strings and got me admitted. Um, I had to have an ecclesiastical endorsement. I don't even remember who I went to for that. I think I might have gone for summer semester or spring semester and gotten to the singles ward and then had the endorsement and lied about it. So then, of course, I had to repent of all my sins because I knew, like, I had to shape up. I had to be the perfect Mormon girl, blah, blah, blah. So I went to my bishop and told him everything I'd ever done wrong, which was drinking and sex and all the good things in life. <laughs> Not all the good things. Not all. <laughs> well, I was still straight, <laughs> in quotations. So giving this bishop credit, he was a very nice guy. Mm-hmm. And he actually gave me access to a therapist who I could go talk to. It didn't really help much because at that time, I didn't know what my problem was. I know we're going way off track here. But when you're struggling with your sins in the Mormon church and you're just upset, depressed or whatever, and then you go to see like a Mormon counselor to work through your depression, you don't know what's causing anything. You can't even work 
through it. You know what I mean? How about your fucked up childhood? That would be a good cause of yeah, your troubles. That didn't even register you, me. No, because they want to pin it on sin. Yes. So I was there talking to this therapist about my sexual sins. Right. They think that if you don't sin anymore, you're not going to be depressed ever. You're not going to yeah. be anxious ever. You're going right. to, everything's going to be perfect yeah. because you're no longer sinning. It's a cure-all. Exactly. Uh-huh. Because if I were mature enough to realize why I was depressed, it would have had something to do with my upbringing and something to do with Mormonism and something to do with my sexuality. Uh-huh. But all you think of when you're depressed or whatever and you're Mormon is that it's because you're sinning. So I was there trying to have her help me not want to sin. Yeah, it's so stupid because to me, I would pin most of it on the message you got over and over and over that you were a woman, you were a second-class citizen, you had no worth, you had no value. 100%. No, for sure. That was the big problem. Oh, yeah. I think. But a Mormon therapist isn't going to think that, believe that. No, because they want to say sin is the cause for all unhappiness. Yeah, well, they think that. I don't think they're in this big lying thing. They think that because they're Mormon. And they can apply that to their own life like, oh, I am sin-free, so I am ecstatic. I am happiest when I'm checking all of my boxes, all my Mormon boxes. But that's not true. I know, but no one admits it. But they all know deep down it's a lie. Do they? Unless they just are approaching their entire life as a big old lie, as they've swallowed the blue matrix How do you think that there are Mormons? (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, really, it's like you have to think that your life is perfect, and you just keep telling yourself, well, the reason that I'm not happy is because blah, blah, blah. I mean, you have to lie to yourself. I've sinned. And then you're in that guilt and shame spiral Mm -hmm. all over again. All the time. Anyway, what I wanted to say was my bishop was very nice, and he actually didn't prompt me with a lot of weird questions. It was the second bishop that did. But he said, well, you know, I have to withhold your ecclesiastical endorsement, and you're set to go back to school next semester. You know, what are we going to do about this? And I said, I don't know. And then he said, well, as long as you're trying hard and go see this therapist and do what's right and, you know, check in with me, then I'll go ahead and give it to you. Wow. Which was very nice of him because it was not a long period of time. But I know there are some bishops that are like, oh, we're snatching this from you for a year. And so kids have to go to like the local community college for a year and then transfer back into BYU or whatever. And oh, the shame in the family. The That gets left out of a Christmas letter for sure. (laughs) (laughs) True story. Wow. Yeah. So it's interesting. um, If you go to the school and you are not LDS, you're not Mormon, you don't have to be in full fellowship of the church. How do you you, even get an ecclesiastical endorsement? um, You can go to like a church leader of your own if you're like Catholic or whatever, or I think you can go to Mormon bishop just to get that. But it doesn't mean you have to go to church. But here's the funny thing. Even if their religion doesn't teach this shit, they still have to abide by the chase of virtuous life. Pornography, sex. Coffee and tea. Coffee and tea. <laughs> like, they still got to do that. And they're probably like, what the fuck? Like, how am I going to wake mean, up in the morning? I want to meet some students who are non-Mormon because that's hilarious. It's, it's, and I'm not meaning to stereotype, but it's a lot of the athletes that they recruit oh, to come in. okay. And then what will happen is you'll see in the news, you know, so-and-so athlete is going to miss the bowl game. And you're like, oh, yeah, he got his ecclesiastical endorsement snatched. Somebody narked on him for having his girlfriend overnight. <laughs> it's happened multiple times. Who was it? God, I can think of there's a year, though, when the BYU men's basketball team was really, really good for BYU. And they had this star guy. He was, like, amazing. And all of a sudden, before one of the championship games, it was announced all over the news, by the way, in Utah, that he would be ineligible to play due to breaking honor code. (laughs) This guy's not a Mormon. Uh Surely has had plenty of sex. Surely probably drank. (laughs) 
I was he's a good looking guy from like not Utah, you know? <laughs> and it, So chances are he's had sex. Is that what you're saying? Yes. A good looking guy from any other state is probably not a virgin. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Well he's pro- he wasn't Mormon. Good looking <laughs> guy gonna be like a senior. He was a senior. Okay. Chances are probably chances good. are high. Chances are high <laughs> that he drinks. Because mm-hmm. not Mormon and college student, chances are high that he has coffee because human being. <laughs> <laughs> but it was splashed all over the news. Like, how embarrassing. And then there was this whole argument about, like, why don't they butt out of people's business? And then other people are like, he signed it. He should obey it. Mm, that's crazy. I mean, BYU is a private school. They can do what they want. I'm just saying it's fucking ridiculous. It is fucking ridiculous. I wonder why they call it an ecclesiastic. Doesn't that mean, like, churchy or some shit? Hey, ask your phone. You want me to do it? <laughs> What does ecclesiastical mean? Ecclesiastical means relating to the Christian church or its clergy. Well, there you go. That was easy enough. And I do enjoy the uh, British accent. Yeah, how did you get that? Watch this. I'm going to ask mine and it's not going to do the same thing. Watch this. What does ecclesiastical mean? Ecclesiastical means relating to the Christian church or its clergy. Oh, shit. It well, actually there you did. go. We got it, it usually with gives two like, accents. It usually gives me like a list of restaurants. Every time, every time I ask it a question, that's true. We'll be sure to go to that ecclesiastical endorsement restaurant. I hear it's highly rated. <laughs> and I'll think. <laughs> totally. All right, so that's the Foom Pod. We would wow. love to hear any stories of people who had their ecclesiastical endorsements snatched. Or if you like to get yours. Yeah. To pull someone's education because they are being normal human beings yeah. is just some bullshit. Oh, yeah. To dangle that over their head because they're breaking the rules. I mean, I suppose a lot of Christian colleges and universities are similar. That's true. Yeah. Speaking of, I was listening to an episode of our podcast the other day, and you know how um, we have a company that inserts commercials sometimes? Uh-huh. They inserted a Christian college commercial. Yeah, I, Listeners, uh-huh. our apologies. I know. I heard that too, and mm-hmm. I am working to try to Thank figure that you. out. Yeah. Because they probably don't want to endorse us any more than we want them to endorse <laughs> us. So that's true. Looking Just into not a good, that. It's not a good eternal marriage, us in Christian colleges. <laughs> eternal <I think>. marriage. <laughs> Lord. Let's take a break. And then when we come back, we'll get to the interview with Amy. How about okay, that? Okay. Let's pay some bills, hopefully not from a Christian college. <laughs> Sounds good. We are supported by Apostate Coffee, a damn good cup of joe. I would like to bear my testimony that you will love this blend with every fiber of your being. Uh, you mean bean? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the Les Bean medium dark variety roasted in small batches to ensure freshness, zero bitterness, and balanced acidity. With the sacred, not secret combo of caramel and cocoa, very fancy. Mm-hmm. This coffee will nourish and strengthen your body. So stop drinking subpar coffee. Give the Lesbian Blend a try today at apostatecoffee.com. That's apostatecoffee.com. We're back. Oh, hi. Hi. How's it going over there? It's going quite well. All right. And this was a fun interview because, uh, well, we'd already gotten to know Amy by being interviewed by she and her podcasting partner, Penny, mm-hmm. for their podcast. Amy, what's your podcast about? It's called Transformation Thursday. I have a co-host. Her name is Penny Sterling. We call it Transformation Thursday because, quite frankly, Transformation Tuesday was already taken and we couldn't really be bothered on Tuesday. So (laughs) we just slid over a couple 48 hours and moved it over to Thursday. So the podcast is about transformation in all sorts and all forms. The interesting thing about transformation is that it equates to change. And so change is neither good or bad. It just happens. So we try to work through that. 
The other thing about our podcast, it is hosted by two transgender women. So it does deal with a lot of trans and LGBTQIA stuff. However, you know, we do take on other subjects. We've talked about news. We talk about comedy and the episode that just released today, actually. We talk about cancer and depression and how those two things go together and don't go together. So it's not always about transgender issues, but a good amount of the time it is. I like it. And assuming um, that is available on pretty much every podcast app. Is that correct? Yeah, it's on all the major ones. Um, Spotify, Google, Apple, you know, all the same places you lovely ladies well, we are. We will right? be sure to pitch your pod. Aw, thank you. Pitch your pod. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I said pitch, pitch your, your pod. Yeah. That Ow. was like a live <laughs> recording and all I could hear was the echo. How was bad was echoing. that, Amy? Like, be honest. Did it suck ass? I was so impressed. <laughs> I mean, I have the voice of a trucker, so I can't say much about I thought that. I was trucker voice. I hit the low notes. The sexy trucker voice. Uh, is nice. there anything else? Of I course mean, she is. Definitely sexy not. Sexy trucker. <laughs> She's my sexy trucker. Sure as shit am. Sure as shit The am. reason there's an echo and everyone else will not hear the echo. So this is great news because we're having like a weird technical call through Zoom and then we're both in the same room and so there's an echo and I don't know, it's crazy crap. But the finished product will not have an echo. Yeah, That's unfortunate we can't let the listeners listen to what <laughs> really? we're trying to do it here. Like it's, it's a train it's, wreck. It is. <laughs> Amy was nice enough to send a bio in and I'm just going to read it because I think it's fantastic and this will sort of be a little intro to Amy. How's that okay. sound? All right. Let's do it. Amy Stevens is a woman who happens to be transgender. She grew up in Minnesota during the 1980s as a practicing Lutheran. Mm. It's an oh. interesting place to start. Okay. okay. Then after college and her first divorce, she moved to Arizona where she found the LDS Church and her second wife, who she's now in the process of divorcing. <laughs> Amy, you're crushing it as far as the wives go. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm doing a great job. Yeah, they're at different times, though, so that's the good news. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, okay. I wasn't <laughs> sure what kind of Mormon you were. All right. Amy used the church to find a place at a low point in her life, and through it found friends, a wife, built a family, and lived very Mormon male life. But in the background, the question of Amy's true gender never went away until she started planning her own death in 2017. Whoa. Yeah, that sounds pretty deep. I'm sure we're going to touch on some of that. Now Amy is living full-time as her true self, yeah, hmm. is working on family relationships and has found a girlfriend who accepts Amy for who she really is. All right. In addition to all the other things in Amy's life, she's a volunteer firefighter. Dude, that's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, that's hot as shit. Um, yeah. A comedian, which is also so hot, seriously. <laughs> and um. podcaster. Good God, that's hot too. Oh that's my like God, the three Shelly. hot. I can't. Okay. Um, a, a, a podcaster, is a, a firefighter, steamy. and a comedian walk into a bar. That's what I feel like. And it's all Amy. Yeah. And it's, all Amy. it's so much fun that way. I know. Anyway, okay. I'm about to finish this. Amy uh, lives in Rochester, New York, just 45 minutes. You might want to say that correctly. What did Roch I say? Rochester. You said Rochester, I think. Oh, shit. What, <laughs> what are you from? Western I don't New know York? what the fuck I'm saying. Okay, let me fix that Rochester. shit. Rochester. <laughs> Amy, where are you from? 
I grew up originally in uh, White Bear Lake, Minnesota. No, Go I was Bears. trying to get you to say Rochester the correct way. <laughs> oh, okay. I am from Rochester, New York. Now I've actually been here the last 11 years. Right on. Okay. Like, give us a look into early Amy. You know, the gender issues and cross-dressing and all that stuff were always in my background. Some of my earliest childhood memories revolve around meeting with cousins and hanging out with family over holidays. And I was a cousin that wanted to play dress up. And I was the one that would get dressed up as a cute little girl. In fact, I hadn't seen a cousin in over 30 years. And a couple years ago, we met for dinner in Florida. And one of the first things out of her mouth was, oh, my gosh, it's so great to see you. I remember dressing you up as a child. That was so much fun to do. And this was right before I started coming out in 2017. And I so bad just wanted to say, oh, guess what? It's stuck. But um, I had to have that conversation with her later. So, I mean, my memories with gender and dressing up go that far back. So that's about the mid 70s. And I was born in 72. So you can kind of see this has been with me my whole life. Wow. Yeah. And it would be easy for me to say, looking back in my life, you know, I should have known then, I should have known here. But you know what? You know, I grew up in the 70s. I graduated from high school in 1990. So we didn't talk about those things the way that we talk about them now. So those were things that, you know, when it came to dressing, I just kind of put those things in the background and kept them as secret as possible. And that actually worked against me because when I ended up coming out, nobody had actually caught me dressing or doing anything. I didn't display the signs that a lot of parents see in their children when adult children start coming out as transgender. So Uh. that actually worked against me. But fortunately, with my siblings, I had some early memories, like with my brother. He asked me, what's your name? And when I told him Amy, he's like, oh my gosh, that's what you would have been named if you were a girl. I used to call you Amy when you were acting girly. So for him, that tied it all together. And for my sister, I stretched out one of her favorite bathing suits because I was home for a quarter by myself because I broke my back in a car accident. And I would wear her clothes because I was taller than her, but I was super skinny in high school. I weighed 145, six feet tall at my junior year high school. So I wore this swimming suit of hers. I stretched it out. So then when I come out to her last year, I'm like, oh, remember that swimming suit? She's like, yeah, what about it? I'm like, well, I'm the reason why it got stretched out. And She's like, oh my gosh. You know, so fortunately, I was able to tie some memories back for my siblings and my family. So that really helped. But, you know, my sister said to me, you know, she's like, well, why didn't you come out to me then? I'm like, well, it was 1989. Mary, you know, you talk about this about living your life in the 80s, and we didn't come out in the 1980s. Right, right. It wasn't a good time. (laughs) No, it wasn't. And, you know, when I look back and the way we talked about gays and the age epidemic and anything outside of that cis heterosexual normative, I hate the word lifestyle, but the way that was termed the lifestyle, it just didn't come out then. So that would have been very dangerous for me in that time period. I mean, for God's sakes, I remember a kid in high school getting a shit kicked out of him for admitting he masturbated. So, I mean, that's the type of conservative suburban area that I grew up in. So you're not coming out at that point in life. Yeah, no way. So I ended up going to college in Wisconsin in the mid nineties. I graduated from college, met my first wife there. We were together for five years, married for a year, but all in the background, this gender stuff started popping up, you know, later in our engagement and through our year of marriage. And then, you know, looking back now with hindsight, I can say, well, yeah, that's probably one big reason why she left me. Did you think that you were gay, straight? I mean, or were you just thinking I'm transgender? What were you at that time thinking? When I first said I want to transition, I think I might want to do this was actually in the mid nineties watching the Jerry Springer show. Oh, wow. (laughs) 
really? Yeah. Go Jerry Springer. Hell yeah. Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> and the interesting thing about the Jerry Springer shows, if you remember in the mid-90s, they would have a transgender woman on with her boyfriend, mm-hmm. and they hadn't been super intimate yet. You know, they haven't done the final deeds, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> and so they would go through this whole show, and of course, in the last five minutes, the big reveal is, oh, guess what, honey? I used to be a dude. Right. <laughs> you know, and everybody's going crazy in the audience. The guy's about ready to beat the shit out of his girlfriend, because that's great TV in the mid-90s. Yeah. Of course. But instead of thinking, oh, wow, poor guy that now figures out he has this girlfriend that used to be a dude, I'm like, those transgender women are beautiful. And I'm like, oh, that explains why I feel the way I do the things that I do. And I wanted to be those women, except, you know, you're talking 1995. Right. I'm living in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, finishing up my undergraduate degree. I've come from a conservative suburban background in Minnesota. I'm dating a small town girl engaged to her at that point, small town girl from East Central Wisconsin. And I'm like, I have my life in front of me as this. If I go and become a woman, there's no way I can do all of this. And so I just put it on the shelf. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's what you do. While I was at school in Wisconsin, my family orphaned me. They left Minnesota and moved to Arizona. So that's how I ended up in Arizona. So when my first marriage hit the fan, I hit the roads and headed towards Arizona because my family was already down there. So I already had some sort of support network in the Phoenix area. Yep. And then I actually got a job and one of the guys that I was working with and him and I would banter back and forth about movies, sports, you know, girls in the office, you name it. But he happened to be Mormon, you know, and he's like my age at that point. So 26. So he has a kid and now he has like seven of them, kind of like Shelly. Awesome (laughs) guys. Actually still friends with him and talk to him every once in a while, even after my transition. But, you know, he happened to be Mormon. Hmm. And kind of surprised me because he was normal. He didn't have horns coming out of his head and he (laughs) would laugh and fun. But, you know, of course, he didn't go out on Friday afternoon with all of us for happy hour. Mm -hmm. So we became friends and uh, we both left that job eventually. But our friendship has maintained over the last 20 plus years. Then I actually became a flight attendant for the old America West Airlines in 1999. And I ended up getting an apartment with this female roommate. We would have these opposite schedules, so I would be out of town, she would be at the apartment, and when I was in town, she would be out of town. And so she was shorter than me, but I could fit in her clothes, so I would start cross-dressing in secret. So that was kind of the way that I hid my cross-dressing, is I could always find somebody else's clothes, and I didn't have to buy my own stash and hide them. So Can I ask a question real quick? Yeah. Because uh, I'm not sure if we've talked about this aspect on the show yet. What did it feel like to you when you could put on your roommate's clothes? It felt two things. And so I would be a liar to say that there wasn't a sexualized component to it. But also think of the way we're talking about this going back to the late 90s. And I'm still thinking about this from a conservative religious viewpoint. Even though I'm not Mormon at this point, I'm getting close to it. I'm still viewing this as a fetish something God's not going to approve of, and this is something that I need to overcome, but yet I find it supernatural. And, you know, there was also this sexualization about it because I viewed it as a fetish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when I started coming out, you know, in 2017 and dealing with this from a mental health standpoint with counselors, uh, including Kimberly A is on my mental health team, You know, when I could step away from that and say, okay, this is just normal. This isn't a fetish. This isn't a sin. Mm -hmm. That sexualization went away. 
Wow. That makes sense. It really does. Yeah, it makes total sense. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy my sexuality, Mm -hmm. but getting dressed up is not part of that anymore. Right. Now it's just, I get dressed. (laughs) Right. Just like we all do. We get dressed. Yeah. But instead of wearing, you know, a polo shirt and a pair of khakis, you know, now I try to find a cute skirt and a cute top and put on my makeup. Whereas I'm wanting to wear the polo shirt. You don't actually wear that, baby. (laughs) What are you, a golf lesbian? Yeah, golf (laughs) lesbian. When's your tea time, honey? Hey, golf lesbians are hot. <laughs> I'm just saying. I would stick with a CrossFit lesbian. That would be my okay. suggestion. All right. <laughs> Got it. You know about a CrossFitter because they usually tell you right away. So Yeah, it's true. I used to be one. So How many box yeah. jumps can you do? <laughs> What's your one rep max? Yeah, exactly. So there was that normalcy of it, but since I was looking at it as a fetish, It was still something that I really deep down felt I had to cure. And so if we fast forward to the summer of 1999, at this point, I'm like, okay, I need to make some choices here in my life because I'm doing this dressing thing and wearing my roommate's clothes more and more. And I really need to kind of get a grasp on this. I was smoking. I was, you know, drinking. Not a lot, but enough to where I knew at that point I was in my late 20s. I'm like, I need to quit smoking. This shit's going to kill me. You know, and I'm like, oh, I have this Book of Mormon. And so I started reading the Book of Mormon, started communicating with my friend again. And so lo and behold, the missionaries start coming over. And God damn it. (laughs) He didn't call him. But as soon as I made the call and, you know, because I ordered that Book of Mormon, they were there like a stink on poo. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we started having the lessons. And then at that point, as I said, I'm working as a flight attendant. So I'm going through the discussions. Then one Tuesday morning, I wake up and I decide to drive to the airport and get on the airplane and fly to Salt Lake City for the day because you can do that as a flight attendant. You can just hop on the plane for free. And so I'm two less than two weeks away from my baptism at that point. I meet my ex-wife on that flight. Oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah. So we briefly met in the gate area and then on the plane, she was in the seat in front of me. To my left was another guy leaving for the MTC. So we're talking. And literally halfway through the flight, and I think you you two can empathize with this already, as she turns around, she looks at me. She's like, do you ever shut up? You're so loud. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, of course, I asked her for her number. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that was October of 1999. I got baptized shortly thereafter. I joined the church, and then I started dating my ex August of 2000. We dated for a month. We were engaged for four months and then we were married. Wow. Just like that. So at what point did you try to get help for this with the bishopric? I mean, how did that go? I never actually went and spoke with a bishopric because the interesting thing that happened is, and Shelly, I think you're going to relate to this, is, but you know, you You go to the temple for the first time, and you think it's a little weird, but I was in at least over a year at this point. I had a marriage that was coming up in a week. I'm not backing out of this crazy shit at this point. You know, I'm in hook, line, and sinker. Yep. And so, but I go through the initiatories. Remember, this is still the old poncho style, you know, with the slit in the middle and people are touching stuff and anointing you where Mm -hmm. only, you know, somebody very close to you should be anointing you. Mm -hmm. Ew. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Mary missed out on all this shit. Did I? (laughs) But I remember I ended up buying, you know, a few different sets of garments. And when I got home and I'm trying them on, there was a couple like a silky. Yep. And so that silky feeling reminded me of wearing women's underwear. Oh, so you liked it. (laughs) 
I remember putting those on thinking, this is going to cure me. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I'm in and out of the church 2006 through 2013. But then I come back to essentially full activity in 2013. And I ended up becoming the elders quorum president in my ward by that point. You go, girl. Yeah. <laughs> a woman with a priesthood. I like it's it. so fucking awesome. I yeah. Love it. At this point, we had already been in Arizona for eight years. And I'd come back to the church. Again, my friend from Arizona had come up to visit us here because they came up for pageant because we're so close to Palmyra. Mm. So, you know, through him and, you know, seeing how his family was, okay, I'm like, okay, I got to give this another shot. So I gave it the old college try. But I could never reconstruct my testimony and my belief in the church the way that I had done prior to 2006. Gotcha. It was definitely more nuanced. I was already supporting LGBTQ. So was that a big thing for you and not been able to get that testimony back? Was the LGBTQ issues that the church was clearly having? Did you recognize that within yourself? Not at that point. I mean, I knew it was there, but if you would have asked me in 2013, hey, Amy, are you transgender? I would have said, no, no, no. Mm. I didn't know anybody really transgender at that point in my life, but having gay friends, you know, we're just all regular people. Yeah, we're just sure. People. There's no one way to go through life. Yeah. But when people, especially of religious background and conservative backgrounds, want to talk about the LGBTQ population, especially the trans population, they want to lump us into one shared experience. And it's just not the way it is. Yeah, I, f- I feel like the transgender population is the, the next kid to pick on. It pisses me off. Yeah, in the comedy world, being involved in that, the way that I am locally here, and I've done some shows outside of Rochester as well. But the interesting thing about that is, you know, you look at some of the big name comedians who are usually always male and very cis. That's like their last bastion of like, oh, who can we really pick on without getting in trouble? Oh, yeah, I bet. It's the transgender women Mm. because you have comics like Dave Chappelle, like, you know, being transgender, that's just funny. You got to admit it's funny because, look, you you have the wrong brain and the wrong body, you know, and he says stuff like that. And, yeah. mm-hmm. and one of the transgender women comics who opened for him for his most recent special just committed suicide. Oh, Ooh. shit. I didn't know that. That's Ouch. horrible. Yeah. And that was kind of a combination of factors. It was Dave Chappelle said shitty things about transgender people in that special. Transgender community reacted negatively. And then now we have somebody who passed away who left a kid behind. That's mm. so tragic. That's not cool. It's horrible. And so, no. So in 2013, I'm sympathetic to the LGBTQ population, but I'm not there mentally yet. And then in 2015, I ended up dressing up as Mrs. Doubtfire. (laughs) Hello! (laughs) We had this annual Halloween tradition where we would go trick-or-treating with our bishop's family and a bunch of families in the ward. And also, he's now our stake president. And so at the time, this guy's our bishop. And he's like, dude, I'm really worried about you. And I'm like, why? It's not contagious. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's like, yeah, but you really seem to be enjoying that women's clothing a little too much. And so... Was he being... Being serious? Yeah, he was being serious. Oh, shit. Okay. I totally downplayed it, but... Well, yeah. Sure. Like for Halloween parties at the at the church, the trunk or treats and things like that, they didn't want any cross-dressing. They wouldn't allow it. So this was with the bishop and the stake president's family at their private houses. At a party? At a party. Gotcha. But 
that's not really in the handbook from what I understand. And, you know, they like to make shit up. We know that. Yeah. It's, it's definitely leadership roulette, Mm -hmm. but I'm very fortunate here, you know, in Western New York where I'm at, we have great leaders and everybody who I've come out to and I've interacted with minus a few people have been super awesome to me. But the few people that have been not so nice to me have been total fucking pricks to me. Ugh. Like they have to make up for the nice people. Yeah. So this is still within the Mormon church you're talking about, the leaders? Yeah. So locally here, I've been very blessed that I have, from a leadership roulette perspective, I've come up a winner. I had lunch last week with somebody from church, and I showed up as me. You know, I'm not faking it anymore. This is me. We, we had a great lunch, a great talk. And Good yeah. for you. He's like, I don't understand it, but he's like, Amy, I, I love you as a friend, and I'm going to be here for you. And that's the kind of guy he is, and so I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. But then I also had one friend a while back, you know, he's like, well, let me tell you, I'm smarter than you. And I know why you're transgender because you had this issue in your childhood. This is from a trauma. And I'm like, dude, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck him. If trauma caused sexual, I don't know, deviance, for instance, a lot of people would be gay or uh, trans. Most would be something that yeah. it's not the normal, isn't it? Like three quarters of the female population has had some kind of sexual abuse in their lifetime. I mean, for sure. where's all the lesbians? Yeah. Like they're still straight chicks. Shelly's still asking where are all the lesbians? <laughs> I'm looking at them. Yeah. <laughs> I was sexually abused when I was eight years old. Hey, me too. Yeah. But you know what? I've dealt with it. And when I started coming out, that was like, one of the first things I talked about in counseling is like, counselors like, well, then everybody would be trans or gay or something. Yeah, exactly. And it's just not the way that works. Yep. So 2015. So you're still married. Still married. At that point, I have two daughters. Mm-hmm. The oldest is 17 now, and she's away at college. And then I have a 10-year-old at home still. So, you know, so I got to work through all these issues. And so eventually in January 2017, I'm like, you know what? I know I need to do something with this. And at that time, I'm calling it cross-dressing. I haven't done much as far as the gender research on things Mm -hmm. to figure out what that is. And so I end up coming out to a friend in February of 2017. But before that, in January of 2017, I'm like, you know what? If I can't deal with this, I'm going to pull my car into the garage and take a long permanent nap. One of the big things that saved me is that my garage is a mess and I can't get the car in there. Oh, God. That's one reason not to clean up your clutter. There you go. Don't clean it. What was it that drove you to that point? We kind of skim over a lot of this, but was there a certain thing where you just were like, I can't do this anymore? I was getting to the point in my life where I knew I liked getting dressed up and having that be a part of my life. And I was tired of playing the mental games of trying to ignore it. Yeah. So my mind was like, either you need to literally come out and start dealing with this or you're going to kill yourself. Wow. Mm. Those were my choices. Mm-hmm. Thank God I chose coming out because my life is... Yeah. It's hard in some ways now because I'm living my life as a woman who happens to be transgender. But at the same time, it's so much more fulfilling for me. Sure. So I started coming out April of 2017. I told my ex and then, you know, she had her own issues to deal with, of course. And we've been dealing with that pretty much for the last two and a half years. And, you know, my ex and I are very good friends. And she eventually got to the point of like, she's like, you know, Amy, I love you. I accept you. I just can't be married to you. Mm -hmm. And that's fair. 
It is fair. And you know what? And I tell her this all the time. It's like, that is the second best answer you could have gave me. Mm -hmm. So for her to say that actually led us to a spot where we could divorce very amicably. We worked through our separation agreement through mediation. Uh, We're working on the filing right now to get it into the county court here. So we work very well together because I told her in 2017, I wanted a divorce, but it came from a spot of anger and frustration. Yeah, it's different. Mm. Yeah, very different emotions. So, I mean, still the same result, but, you know, now we're able to talk to each other, deal with it. You know, our kids are, you know, they're sad and they're processing it. But Mm -hmm. one of the great things we've done for both kids is we've got them into counseling for both the 17 and the 10-year-old. Good. And we allow them to draw boundaries with us on things. And, you know, the 10-year-old has said to us, she's like, you know, you let me know I'm the most important person going through this with you. So, you know, by putting our kids first, we are taking a situation that's not perfect by any sense of the word, Sure, but we put them in a good spot to draw boundaries and to process their emotions. And one of the things I've learned is one of the worst things you, I, anybody can say to another human being is you shouldn't feel that way. Oh, yeah. Right. We don't say that to our kids. So when our kids come to us and say, I feel this, I feel that, we talk about validating and we validate that feeling for them and let them process it in their own way because that's the right and fair thing to do. Absolutely. You know, something I thought of while you were talking, um, when you said that the first time you talked about divorce, you came at it out of anger. When you can sit down and say, you know what, this isn't working and you deserve better and I deserve better. This just isn't going to work. How are we going to go forward? Wow. What a huge difference instead of blaming the spouse as to why you're leaving them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was exactly the conversation that I had with my ex in December of 2017. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. You don't understand me. You don't get me. You're not trying to do this. You're not trying to do that. But realistically, there is things in the background that neither one of us were doing. Yeah. You know, I was working on myself independent from her. She was working on herself independent from me, but we weren't working on these things together as a couple. So that lack of communication led to that frustration. So for sure, you know, we're able to get some counseling. We were able to start talking a little bit better, you know, but one of the things that I noticed, especially as I was coming out, there's just so many things I would always be afraid to tell her. I, you know, I would hold things back from her and it ended up biting me in the butt a couple of times because she would always find out. They have a way of doing that. Yeah. And so one of the things that I made a big mistake on was not telling her when I increased my dose of estrogen. So you were still married at this time? Yeah, we're still married. and Were Were you still going to church? No, I stopped going to church late in 2017 because actually the bishop's wife said, hey, what's up with so-and-so? He looks pretty mad at the world. And I'm like, yeah, that's because it's church. (laughs) (laughs) When people started noticing I was miserable at church, that's when I stopped going. Yeah, I'd go for like kids events and things like that, but I haven't been back since I fully transitioned full time. Gotcha. I'm thinking about going back this month because my daughter's 10 going on 11 and this is her last year in primary with the changes. So one last primary thing to go to just to kind of be there for her, you know, sit in the back and see the program and try to sneak out. That'll be fun for (laughs) you. Yeah. I just hope I don't have to go pee. (laughs) Yeah. Where will they let you go? Oh my gosh. There's a McDonald's down the street. There you go. One of the things about being in a marginalized community and I had a black comic friend of mine discuss this. 
if you don't address what makes you different, it becomes the elephant on the stage, quite literally. Mm. So I have this opening bit. I'm like, hey, everybody, I'm Amy Stevens, and my voice gives me away, doesn't it? And then the audience will look. I'll do this little pregnant pause thing. And then I say, yeah, I'm a Minnesotan. And I, and I hit that Minnesota accent really hard. Got it. <laughs> because they're expecting you to say transgender. But now I've started saying, oh, yeah, National Coming Out Day was last month. I came out on Facebook and they're getting they're expecting transgender, but I say lesbian just to throw them <laughs> off. That's good. My friend, you know, the black comic, he says the same thing because even as a cis male black comic, especially in rooms that are not black rooms, because there are black comedy rooms, you know, if he's playing primarily a white crowd, he feels like he has to address that difference. Sure. He's a relatively successful regional comedian up here. It's like when he gets asked for autographs and pictures afterwards and somebody's like, oh, I got a black friend or, you know, and he's <laughs> like, yeah, thanks. You know, and Jeez. people. Yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. Unfortunately, being part of a marginalized community, you know, I feel like I do have to address it. I had a woman one time at a bar, you know, within 30 seconds, she's like, oh, what are you going to do with your penis? Whoa. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And like, what are you going to do with your vagina tonight? <laughs> yeah. That's none of your business, she told me, and rightfully so. But I'm like, well, so because I'm trans, you can ask me about my, my genitals. Did she not see it was the same thing? She felt it was none of your business to ask about her junk. It's the same thing. Yep. I'm getting heated. It's just crazy. So just because you're trans, people think they can ask you about your body parts. You know, and the, the most famous question is, you know, is always, oh, if you had the surgery. Yeah, I had my wisdom teeth out when I was 18. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been awesome. Amy, what else do you want to add? You know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably, if you're still in the church, you're probably very nuanced believer, or maybe you're working your way out. Yeah. It took me from 2006 to this year to put in my resignation. So 13 years. Yeah. Take your time. Do it the way you need to do it. Do it healthy for you. But, you know, get out. Yeah, get out. Yeah. And, and no one That's can tell advice. you how to get out. When you decide to leave the church, you actually get to pick how you leave. You know, you get to finally make a decision on your own when you leave the church. And we strongly recommend that everyone leaves. Yeah. So <laughs> this has been a lot of fun. And, you know, thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk a little bit about, you know, my story. Of course. Pitch your podcast again for us real quick. Let's make sure everybody knows. Yeah. It's called Transformation Thursday. It deals with societal transformation and some transgender stuff, of course, but you can find it on all your major platforms. That awesome. sounds great. Let's awesome. give it a listen. All right. Well, this has been fantastic, Amy. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. All right. Good night. Yeah. Take care. Good night. Great talking to you. Well, that was really fun. I enjoyed that interview a lot. Me too. She's awesome. Yes. Uh, before we get into patrons and all that stuff, let's take one final break. You want to? Mm, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like you're going to say no. No. Oh, you're putting your foot down. I say no. That well, kind of feels weird. I'm not really like that. <laughs> that's ag- not really your MO. Aggressively negative. No. <laughs> you're no. like, unless it's not convenient for you. I'm like, would it be okay? But if it's not okay, then okay. We'll just do the break. But if there's any way. No, no, no. Okay. We'll just just play the commercial. No, I'm, I'm good. No, I'm good. What can I do for you? <laughs> okay. We'll be right back because that was real weird. <laughs> 
We are supported by BetterHelp.com. We have mental health professionals periodically on our show, and we wanted to find an affordable online therapy option for our listeners. I think BetterHelp is it. Yep. They will assess your needs, match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can always change counselors if you want. You can send messages to your counselor and receive timely responses, and you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. It's more affordable than just normal counseling, and financial aid is available. And through this exclusive offer, LDLers get 10% off their first month. Visit betterhelp.com slash LDL. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LDL for 10% off your first month. Start living a happier life today. We're back. And I'm so glad we were able to take that break. <laughs> Are you? Yeah, Spoken sure. like a true Enneagram 2, which is a little nod to next week's episode. Oh, that was sneaky. <laughs> you like that? I like it. Wait, what's your number? I'm two. Mine was a little debatable. It's either a seven or an eight with a little bit of nine sprinkled in. Sounds like a delicious cocktail. But, oh, but it might be a one. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm a little all over the place. Um, I'm tough to pin down. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll pin you down. <laughs> oh, oh, silly. <laughs> um, what are we doing? Patron names? We had exactly five. <laughs> Do you think uh-huh. they're on to me at this point about the exactly so. five? You get a little nervous about the names. You know, I have to say our Patreon has been successful. Like we really are growing it and it's been super beneficial helping us to pay for our podcasting bills and stuff, equipment, whatever and such. But for some reason, maybe it's my self-doubt. I'm just like worried that it's going to stop growing. Mm -hmm. And I I need to definitely focus more um, in a positive way. Like, no, we're doing a good thing. People like the content we're putting out mm-hmm. and we're going to get more and more listeners, meaning then we'll get more and more patrons. People are going to tell their friends. People want to show that they support what we're doing. Yeah. So what are you worried about? People not liking me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that old thing. <laughs> it, that old thing. You know, it's funny because it does go back to that. It yeah, sure We've talked does. about this before. Um, yes, we have. <laughs> but we do have goals of being able to podcast full time mm-hmm. and Patreon is part of that goal. And we want this so badly that maybe I'm just afraid to believe that it's going to happen. Here's how I look at life. Can I give you a little Mary philosophy right now? Absolutely. I'm doing this because I love it. Mm -hmm. And yes, with a hope that it will be successful and grow and we can dedicate more of our time to this for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. But you know what? If it doesn't end up working out in the long run, we gave it a really good go and it was fantastic. And then something else will come along. You're really good at that, Mary. I know. Yeah. I live in the moment. You do. You're a moment liver. I don't worry about the future. No, that's that's all on you know, me. <laughs> it is. You do that enough for both of us. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I do make fun of my mother a little bit for her wacky Christian stuff. But I will credit her for a good expression that I still remember to this day. It's a little goofy Mm because everything about my mother is a little bit goofy. But it's kind of a smart expression. It goes like this. Don't trouble trouble till trouble troubles you. I thought you were going to say pull yourself up by your bootstraps. (laughs) That's the other one. Okay. And her other favorite expression was kick him in the slats. What? The slats. Like (laughs) S-L-A-T-S. Slats. What is that? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Where are the slats? Where where are they on the body? (laughs) Um, Well, the only thing that's like slat shaped is like a vagina. (laughs) But how do you know what you, slat shapes are? Well, because slats are like like window slats, right? Like slats in a window. What are slats no. in the window? What, like, are, what is that? Is that where the slats? Like shut reside? the slats. Now it just shut sounds like it's slats. not a word. Shut your slat hole. Is that why you think it's a vagina? 
Well, it's, maybe that's more like slits. No, wait, slats <laughs> are like blinds. Are those slats? Oh, are those the slats? <laughs> Fanny fact check. Fanny fact check. What's a slat? Where are the slats and located? And if I want to kick one, where do I aim? That's huh. funny. Should we get to the patron names? <laughs> we should. All right. We should. Because we are digressing. Per oh, you. Like we do. Yep. Okay. So again, the five, the magic number five mm-hmm. patrons that we got. Um, if you haven't heard your name yet, it's coming. Sometimes we do them out of order because we have different... Because of Shelly's expert organizational skills. <laughs> um, yes. In addition, sometimes we record episodes that happen before other episodes. That's true. We okay. do do that. I said do oh, you. You did. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, maybe that's a slat. <laughs> the doo-doo area? I'll kick you in your butt. <laughs> okay. Maybe it's like your flanks. Where are those? Oh, I guess if your butt hangs down, that would be like a slat. <laughs> Okay, we need someone, to retire the Someone slat write in and tell us what a slat is. This is amazing. Okay. All right, here Let's we get go. To the patrons. Patrons. Okay. Patron number one has the best name in the world. What you, do you say think, that, what do you think a that lot. is? I mean it this time. Uh, it's Shelly. Oh. <laughs> That's funny. Shelly L. L? Shelly L for lesbian. Although <laughs> Another, I don't know Shelly's a lesbian. This Shelly mm-hmm, is. This Shelly is a lesbian. Well, that one across the table for me is a lesbian. No, that's what I mean. Oh. This, I'm pointing. This Shelly. You're Shelley. pointing at yourself. Yes, but Shelly. You Shelley, know, the listeners can't see oh, what you're God, doing. you're right. Okay, Shelly <laughs> L, who's not me. And also probably not a lesbian. Well, maybe a lesbian. Could be. She could be a lesbian. Well, if you are a lesbian, good for you. And if you're not, <laughs> good for you. There's still time. <laughs> There's still time. <laughs> Next, Annetta. A. Annetta A. Don't we have a couple of Annettas? We read Annetta's letter. Oh, recently. that's right. We that's read Annetta's letter. Why and that I know is so familiar. That's right. That's right. She had an amazing letter. We read it rather recently. Mm-hmm. And actually, quite a few people responded to that. She got a lot of support on okay. that. So, Annetta, thank you. Thank you for writing in. Next, Serena H. Thank you, Serena. Not to be confused with like Serena W. Who would be? Is this a sporting thing? Yes. <laughs> Williams. Tennis. Thank you. There we <laughs> Good. go. Ding, 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 ding. Serena H. Not Williams, the tennis player. Thank you, Serena. Okay. Next, Heather N. Heather N. Thank you so much. There's also Michelle N. And from the looks of things, they have the same last name. So Heather and Michelle are oh. either sisters or wives or just happen to have to the have same, the same last, last name, name huh. and signed up back to back. I don't know, Heather and Michelle. <laughs> I'm thinking there's a relation there of some sort. Should we give sort. them one? Should we call them sisters or wives? Or sister, sister wives. wives. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, if the Mormon shoe fits. Right now they're yelling, no, we're not sister wives. <laughs> sorry, Heather and Michelle. Yep, so sorry. Last name starts with an N. Mm-hmm. Probably all related, but we don't okay, know how. Can okay, can we continue? All right, yes. Well, that's it. That was five. Oh, that's the five. Yeah. All right, well, thanks to Everyone, for being willing to subject yourself to a name butchering by Shelly Johnson. Yeah, you're welcome. By the <laughs> way, if anyone is purposefully not becoming a patron because they don't want me to butcher their name, mm-hmm. um, just tell me and I won't butcher it. I'll say it very nicely, very yeah. pleasantly. Maybe in a little accent. Yes. Oh, maybe we can get British accent Siri to say their name. Oh, good idea. That's we should we'll work do. on that. Okay, okay that'll be... To come. If you would like to support us on Patreon, please do. We would love that so much. Visit patreon.com, no W's needed, slash <laughs> Latter-day Lesbian. Can I throw one more plug in? Sure can. All right, listeners, if you have not downloaded the UC Places app, we are not friends. <laughs> I'm kidding, kind of. The letter U, the letter C, places, all one word. It's an app that you get on your phone. I am helping to develop it. It's going to be completely badass, so please download 
today. All right. Once again, we want to thank Leave It In Dan from Extension Audio. Thank you, Dan, for leaving it in. That's going to do it for this week, everybody. Appreciate you listening. We really do appreciate you all. Thank you. Absolutely, we do. Remember, steer clear of cults this week. Just this week, though. They're a cult (laughs) and they suck and steer clear every week of your life. Okay, every week because they are no joke. No joke at all. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.